You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Oh my god, I'm sick. Yo, what's going on everybody? This is BGN Radio. Episode number, Brandon? 188. I am Jimmy Kemsky with uh, phillyvoice.com. With me as always is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. Couldn't do my little intro there because as you can probably hear, I am under the weather. Hopefully I don't have the Rona. I don't think I do. Took my temperature, mid 97.1, so should be good there. But this is your emergency. It doesn't matter how sick you are. When the team re-signs... Richard Rodgers, a.k.a. Dick Rod, that, I mean, you just got to come to play. You got to put everything aside. You got to check your, you got to, you know, check all your problems at the door. doesn't matter if you're sick. doesn't matter if you have family obligations. You got to get in front of the radio and you got to have your emergency Dick Rod pod. So that's what we're doing. We'll talk about, you know, that and some other uh, minor news. And we're going to get to a mailbag. Uh, from our listeners, uh, prompted via Twitter. We asked you guys for questions. Got a lot of good ones, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll get through about 12 to 15 of those questions. And uh, Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, many people are saying this podcast performance is like Michael Jordan's flu game. So <laughs> congrats by you. Uh, great job. As always, uh, want to lead into the, Yeah, Jimmy's doing the Michael Jordan shrug. shrug right now. Very nice. Um, maybe we can get into some basketball talk later. The Sixers winning, Joel Embiid thriving. But for now, I have to tell you that BGN Radio is brought to you by Rentis Felon Craft Turkey. Obviously, you can use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Also, wildnaturepet.com for pet snacks, dog treats. Same discount code, BGN15. And also, while I have you here and you're listening to this and you're definitely not skipping through this ad, uh, we always ask for ratings and reviews for BGN Radio, and please continue to do that. We really appreciate it. But also, in those reviews, if you're looking kind of for something to say and you don't want to just like praise us because that kind of feels weird or whatever, why don't you tell us how you found BGN Radio? Or if you already have left a review, you can go in and you can edit your review, and it'll, I think, change it up to the top. So we'll see it's different. And yeah, just I think it'll be cool. Kind of tell us how you found BGN Radio, and then we'll read those, and it'll, and it'll be fun. We can talk about it. All right. So let's get to the news. Uh, as the aforementioned Dick Rod signing, <laughs> um, where were you when the Dick Rod signing happened? Well, Jimmy, where I was were watching you for each of the, the last four Dick Rod signings? Was probably the better question. That's tough um, <laughs> because yeah, there were so there, it's been five different times now he signed a contract with the Eagles. Oh, it's so five. It okay, it's signing. four years. It was the original signing in 2018, April 2018. Okay. And then he re-signed four different times after that. Okay. Like he was added back to the roster four <laughs> different times. I went back and looked at all the dates. I have it written on winningyournation.com. I cannot specifically tell you. I think every one. I have weird memory, Jimmy, when it comes to this kind of thing. Like I usually can remember like where a certain 
where I was when a certain player was signed. I think I like went to the DMV the day that the Eagles signed Richard Rodgers. I think I like I remember that the first time. I was in Sedona uh, for one of them. Where? Sedona, Arizona. Okay. Because it was at like we had they had the NFL owners meetings uh in uh in Phoenix that year and I stayed around for a couple mm. extra days thereafter and I went to I drove to Sedona and I was like doing fun things there and uh they announced Dick Rod signing. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, I got to write about this right now, really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. I think that was signing number – I think that was the second year that he signed. So okay. Like new. So that was, was like 2019. Yeah, so, or 18. Um, I no, I guess you're right. I guess original was, like, was 2018. Yeah, 2019, yeah. I was – but when you – to answer your first question, yesterday I was watching the Rafael Nadal, uh, Novak Djokovic – uh, French Open semifinal, which I'm very sad about because I'm a big Rafael Nadal fan, and he lost, even though he never usually loses, especially at uh, Roland Garros. He's very good on clay. He's the king of clay. But anyway, a big tennis fan. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a big Rafael Nadal fan. Okay. Um, so uh, I was really sad about that, but then I had to write up Richard Rodgers. And look, Jimmy, it was a move I think we all expected. I had previously talked about how they kept his jersey number open. Actually, they gave it to Jack Stoll. Since then, it was 85, but I think it was all pretty clear that they were going to bring him back. Uh, so not a shock. Yeah. All right. So let's move on from that. <laughs> obviously, we're yep. just kidding about that. You know, we, we both thought that he was going to be back. Did you have him on your initial 53-man roster? I did. I think I'm, the one I did, uh, yes, like right after the draft, I'm pretty sure I had him there. I had Ertz getting traded. So, yeah. yeah the, I, I, think, I think Dick Rod will be the number two tight end this year. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like he's – and I, I like I get it. So, like – um we make fun of the signing that then bring him back every year, but I think it makes sense because I mean, the only tight end they have on the roster with any kind of like legit experience is Dallas Goddard. And then thereafter there was nobody. So mm. they didn't draft a tight end in this draft, which is fine. Like they had needs up and down the roster. No big deal. I think tight end is probably going to be a need next year. So they just punt that need to 2022, which is fine. In the meantime, they bring him in on what I assume would be a veteran minimum contract as he has typically signed in the past. Uh, although you never know with the contract that they gave to Joe Flacco. So like, uh, I assume mm. it's a veteran, veteran minimum contract. And I think it's totally fine that they brought him back again. Uh, yeah, I think I the mean, bigger news was, this, sorry, go ahead. Just the last thing. He was better than Ertz last year. Like, you know what I mean? That's not really the numbers were better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he can contribute on special teams. So whatever. Anyway. So the bigger news this week, um, more from a national perspective was the trade of Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. And it has Eagles implications. Uh, Mm. the first of which being that. Uh, well, first of all, the Eagles are going to trade for him, obviously, since he's traded to the Titans, which never made sense to me whatsoever that they would ever, you know, like that, that was always a non, I wrote about it, like, I, it was a blurb at the end of like one story. I said, this is the first time, first and last time that I'll mention any kind of possibility of Julio Jones to the, to the Eagles. It was basically like that, uh, a cap strap team that isn't going to contend. And, you know, does it make any sense to trade for, what is he, 32, 32 year old receiver who counts for 15 million on the cap? But, uh, it is uh, also relevant to the Eagles and that he makes the Tennessee Titans a better football team. 
And uh, that's beneficial to the Eagles, of course, because the Tennessee Titans reside in the AFC South, along with the Indianapolis Colts. And as you are all well aware, the Eagles own either the Colts' second or first round pick in 2022. So if they were to not win that division and actually not make the playoffs at all, then uh, the Eagles would, in theory, get a better pick on the premise that they don't bench Wentz before the end of the season. Yeah, that's the interesting uh caveat right like it's it's a weird kind of rooting interest i wrote about this earlier hurt too of course obviously right of course i wrote about this for uh, bleedinggreennation.com uh earlier this week kind of like projecting where that holds pick kind of end up Mm -hmm. and obviously it's not going to be like a top five pick like it can't be like there's no way that would work because if like the Colts are terrible or not cut them but they'll, they'll bench them before then yeah, they'll have to. Like, they're incentivized to do so. So, like, yeah. I think realistically, you're kind of looking between maybe, like, you know, like, I think, like, 14 and, like, 22. Like, that's, like, kind of, like, the ideal, like, realistic, I think, sweet spot. Um, Best case scenario, him. I think, is a little higher than that. So, like, if the AFC South winds up being similarly bad, mm-hmm. I don't think anything, I don't think any division is really going to be as bad as the NFC East was last year. But if it's similarly bad, like, you know, close at least, where, you know, these teams are kind of like hovering around 500 for most of the season. And, uh, you know, you get to like the final month of the season. At that point, he's going to pass those thresholds, like the 70 or 75% or whatever that he needs to play, you know, percentage of the snaps that, that he needs to play uh, in order for, you know, that pick to be, you know, go from a two to a one. If like you get to that last month of the season and everyone's hovering around like 500 and then they go on a losing streak that last year, that last month which isn't out of the question, um, you know, they can wind up with like, you know, the 10th overall pick, for example. I think that's like the absolute mm. best case scenario. But um, I think you're probably right. The more realistic best case is, you know, like like you said, like around 14, 15. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they don't make the playoffs, you would assume it'd be anywhere between like 14 and like, you know, 19 or whatever. Uh, when I wrote about that earlier this week, too, some people were asking, like, do you think they would pull Wentz? Like, I guess basically, do you think they'd be aggressive about pulling Wentz? And I don't think so. I think like if it comes down to valuing like where they're picking or their relationship with him more, I would think like they're going to value if it's like close, you know, it's like, hmm, I don't think they're going to get too cute with that. I think they would skew, right. maybe you disagree, but I think they would lean towards like, we don't want to, like, we want to keep this relationship healthy. We don't want to like totally just blow up this relationship because once it's going to be pretty mad if he's getting benched. I mean, if he deserves it, then, then that's just, you can't do anything about it. But like, do we have historical think... precedent on him being mad about getting bent? <laughs> we'll probably get into that later in one of the questions. <laughs> Who's their backup, by the way? The Colts. Uh, isn't it Sam? Uh, oh, Ellen... well, there's, there's yeah, Sam Ellinger and then there's uh, Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Eason. Eason. Yeah. Uh, and somebody named Jalen Morton. I don't know who that is. Um, Never heard of him. So, yeah, the, the, the backups aren't very appealing options. Hmm. I was thinking of like, like they might have a good back. I was thinking like, who who the, the Dolphins have a good backup? Like they have Jacoby Brissett. They signed this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other team where the Eagles own their first round pick. But yeah, anyway, um, I, I think that you're probably right that like that range is probably the best that they they can hope for. And, and the, uh, the Julio going to the Titans makes them a pretty good offense. Like Tannehill's yeah. at least a decent uh, quarterback. Um, obviously Derrick Henry. That's going to be the focal point of opposing defenses. You know, trying to stop. They're, they're going to have eight in the box and. When you have guys like uh, uh, Julio Jones and AJ Brown as your receivers, like they're they're set up pretty well offensively, in my opinion. They have a good offensive line, 
Uh, their defense was a little problematic. Excuse me, a little problematic last year. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I like that team a lot more now than I did, you know, a week ago. Maybe problematic in a different way than Washington's defense. Right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what else do we have here, Jimmy? Uh, that's it as far as news goes. And I figured we'd just jump right into the mailbag questions. One of which is like, I, how much time did you put into this first mailbag question that we're going to get to? Uh, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> you know, don't work right. too hard, Jimmy. Let's just jump right into it. So uh, first mailbag question is from Howard Willard. This is for each of us. He asked us to name our top five, as Brandon likes to say, big loser energy guys, uh, since we have covered the team. So we're going to go 10. I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I did 10, right? Did you do 10? I did 10, and I have okay. one honorable mention. And we should mention also, too, how long we've been covering the team. So how long have you been covering the team? I've been writing about the team for BillionGreenNation.com since 2013. Okay. So I've been writing about the team originally – or BGN, uh, since 2010. So um, I've, uh, I probably have a couple, I think I have, I only think I have one guy on here that's from the time frame that you didn't cover the team. So anyway, yeah. with that caveat, I didn't, I don't have a lot of older players on my list. I have, I have a few, I have, a, eh, not too many. Anyway, let's just get right to it. So who's, who's mm-hmm. your, we'll, we'll go in descending order. So we'll go 10 to one. You have them ranked like that oh, too, okay. right? Did you rank them or did you just uh, have a, uh, kinda okay i rank mine <laughs> sorry who's your number 10 my number 10 is dono pumphrey <laughs> <laughs> i think about how like and i want to be clear here this isn't just bad players like big loser energy like in theory the player could be really talented but he's just like kind of like a loser like you just you, you see this kind of bad energy around them um in this case, though, Donald Pumphrey, not good. And also, I think specifically, like, I tried to, like, tie these to specific moments where I can kind of point to, like, okay. the, exe- like what exemplifies this. Uh, and it was Donald Pumphrey complaining about losing the ball in the lights at an open practice oh, where he dropped yeah, a pass. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then one, he was just kind of, like, Wolf's always. favorite uh, quirks from <laughs> yes. that season. Yeah. Yeah. So, number 10. What about you? I thought about having Pump on mine, but he didn't He didn't make the cut. He was, uh, mm. he would have been close, though. Uh, I have Carson Wentz, number 10. Uh, <laughs> are there bigger losers that I've passed through the Eagles over the 10 years? Yeah, okay, probably. There are, uh, you know, there's probably some recency bias here. And, of course, he's, you know, a huge name, was the face of the franchise for five years. And actually, for that reason, because he was the face of the franchise, because he tucked tail and wanted out of here at the first real sign of, um, I, you know, like, his job being threatened, uh, no accountability whatsoever. Mm. And uh, he just wanted out of town and he got his way. And now he's in Indianapolis. And um, I think he's going to re- be re- like, I think there, he still has a following as most uh, quarterbacks tend to for, you know, their host cities. But uh, I think in time he will be remembered very unfondly as time goes on. I have him number four on my list, Jimmy. So I have him higher than you did. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I look, I'm just out on Carson Wentz and I've said this, like, and I, to me, it's not like personal and I've never hated him. Like a lot of people did or, you know, like Nick Foles more. It's never been me. I've said this a lot. I don't need to rehash those all, but I just like, I'm just so out on him in terms of like someone who's going to get better and improve. Like, no, like what, what's, what's leading me to believe like he's genuinely reflected and is like doing what he needs to do, not just what he wants to do to get better. Like he quit and he, that's the bottom line. He quit. He quit on this team. Carson Wentz helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl undoubtedly. So we're always going to remember that yes. or people should always remember that, Fair. but he also quit. So like 
you make the list if you quit. Okay. Number nine. Number nine for me is Andre Dillard. Now, I think a lot of people are kind of like, <laughs> it's like Andre Dillard has had like a face turn. Like if you're familiar with wrestling parlance, Jimmy, like somehow. That's one of the th- questions that we're going to get to in a little bit. So don't go yeah. too in depth here, but I, I, I see where you're going. Like To me, look, I'm just going to say, because we'll get to it later. But to me, I mean, if you're going into a game mentally defeated, where you're basically you didn't even give yourself a chance yes. of succeeding like he did, which we've talked about a lot, so I'm not going to, again, rehash it all. But, like, that's what he did, and that's just, like, you're already defeated. That's literally, like, a loser approach. Yeah, he knew he was going to be bad in that game, and it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I like the way that you did this, too, by the way. Like, certain like particular moments with Pump and the mm-hmm. lights and that, that moment for Diller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are two good ones. Uh, my number nine is Sidney Jones. Who, uh, <laughs> I mean, one. he just he like he just couldn't stay on the field, and I don't think it was a matter of like he was. I mean, obviously the Achilles tear kept him off for the first year, but thereafter, like he'd be out for big stretches of training camp, like every single year, and there were guys playing yeah. hurt, and it just didn't, didn't seem like he ever did. And I think he had a lot of talent. And I think he wasted the talent that he had. By the way, like, I think there's this perception that he's, that he was like way better in Jacksonville yes. than he was with the Eagles. And that is patently false. Like, he was mm-hmm. legitimately bad last year. I think he made a couple, like, I think he had two interceptions maybe. And mm-hmm. like, they, they were, they were like nice picks. Well, guess what? Like, he had decent moments with the Eagles too. Like, yeah. he had like the, the, you know, couple late game pass breakups during that. You know, 2019 season. And I think, uh, just he, he's a disappointment from the perspective of he didn't do what was sort of necessary to do in the weight room, uh, during the offseason. He didn't get himself stronger and didn't put him in a bit better position to withstand some injuries. And then I don't think he, you know, was willing to play through a lot of injuries either. So, uh, yeah, kind of a loser in, in, in my book. He also DM'd me last year after I tweeted something about oh, like how <laughs> like he wasn't as good as people seemed to think he was, and like I had some numbers on that. For like kind of, yeah, I okay. had like some. Oh numbers wow! To- so he wasn't even like you're not you don't even cover the team that that he's on now, and he's DM. Wow, that's yeah. yeah. I didn't tag Let him obviously. I wouldn't do that, <laughs> right. but yeah, he he found me somehow. He found that tweet, I guess, because it was getting shared. And then he DM me. He was like something about like check your facts before you tweet out something. So I was like, yeah, okay, dude, thanks. Actually, now now I'm interested. I want to hold on real quick, real quick. Let me just uh-huh. pick him up. Sydney Jones. Uh, hold on. Sorry, this is excellent podcasting here. Sydney what are you looking for? Jones. I can't. I can't vamp. The pro football, I, like his, his not okay. football, football, his pro football. Oh, the rating. Hat. Yes. Uh, yeah, the passer rating he allowed. It was like yeah. in the hundreds, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 103 passer rating. Uh, 11, 11.1 yards per target. Just mm-hmm. terrible. Um, yeah. He has some ball skills, like you said. 10.3% like, on missed tackles. Uh, I guess he didn't yep. make that many tackles. So um, He's not devoid but, of talent. Like, that's not the thing. But he still got hurt again last year, too. So it's just like, like I'm not <laughs> right, trying to hate on Sydney. Right. I hope for his sake. I hope for his sake he turns his career around and, around and does good. But, like, enough with this idea he was, like, amazing and the Eagles should have kept him. Like, that's – come on. Give me a break. <laughs> All right. So my number oh, – excuse me. Uh, that was my number nine. So who's your number eight? I have Ruben Randall, Jimmy. And you once oh, wrote an I article. I forgot about him. He's a good one. I, I knew you forgot about him. About him. I knew you were going to say oh. this. I had a feeling. Because he didn't um, make the regular – I looked at, like, their regular season rosters. Uh-huh. So he, like, never made the regular season rosters. Ah, it's a terrible job by me. That's how I missed you- him. And Jimmy wrote an article about how, like, he totally I get him just, cut. <laughs> yeah, he, he was dogging it in the preseason in 2016 <laughs> yeah. with his roster spot, like, clearly on the line. Yeah. 
And it's kind of crazy. He was only, I think, still like 24, 25 at the time. Like, he was pretty young. Like, there was no reason for him to be, like, totally washed up. But it just seems like he didn't care or whatever. And, uh, yeah. There's a preseason game where he just, like, he had, like, he just seemed totally uninterested. Like, barely was running routes. There was, like, a clearly, like, a play call for him. It was a deep shot down the field. He was, like, jogging down the field. It was was crazy. Like, watching watching the all-22 of this guy. Like, I've never seen worse effort from a player in an actual game. That's a good one. I'm really mad at myself for missing that one what's your next one all right so number eight i have uh steve smith parentheses the bad one <laughs> steve smith because he steve stopped smith, short because he stopped short like that it, when we're talking about like certain moments like you had for pomp and the lights and uh dillard with you know the self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy well for steve smith it was who did they play that game the cardinals was it i think so yeah. i think it was a third and like it was a third and long like third and 18 third and 19 and I think they actually had a lead. And if like they had just converted this first down, like it's game over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he caught a pass and he had plenty of room to run. And instead of like trying to run through a defender, defensive back, by the way, like not even like this huge linebacker or something yeah. like that. He just had to run through a defensive back and would have easily fallen forward and gotten the first down. But he like, he just went down on his own, uh, like a yard or two short of the first down marker. They punted, cards went down, scored game. And like he cost them a game because he didn't try to get the first down and was just a terrible, uh, signing and terrible experience overall when they signed him away from the, like he was a, he was like a legit contributor. For one yeah. of those Giants, I guess it was their first one, their first Super Bowl, or, you know, the, of the two more recent Super Bowls, rather, uh, the first of those two. Like, he was a legit contributor as a rookie, I think, uh, on that team and, uh, you know, played four years there and, uh, Eagles signed him. Like, Giants fans are really mad <laughs> that, like, he left, he left the team for the Eagles, uh, particularly, but he stunk in Philadelphia. He didn't last very long and he, you know, he was out pretty quick. My number seven is Namdi, and I don't think I really need to get into that. <laughs> I don't have him on my list, by the way. Okay. Item there, um, the, the lunch, the car lunch thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also remember, like, I was originally not going to keep him on here because I think this is kind of more of a bad than BLE thing, but I kind of had to keep him there with the lunch thing. And also, I have this very vivid memory of like when I started to be concerned about the Namdi signing, and it was when I think he got like burned by Greg Little by the Browns in the preseason. Okay. I had gone to that preseason game with uh, my friend Yogan. Shout out! Um, and like I just remember him getting torched, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, this this probably isn't going to end well." All right, let's take and a quick break. And oh, sorry, go ahead. No more Namdi. That's all I had. I just said it didn't. It didn't end well. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break, uh, Brandon. But before we take a break, Jimmy, let me tell you about Right to Sell and Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to rightttosellin.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. It is the best, highest quality. It's just, it's going to change your life. It's, it's the best. <laughs> you want to get it at rightstosellin.com. The best craft jerky and other snacks, not just meat snacks. So if you don't eat meat, there's other stuff there. Check it out. Check, just go check the website out. I can't. Checking out the website is totally free. You can just go. It's not going to cost you anything, assuming you have an internet connection. I mean, that's you're going to have to have that. Um, you also go to wildnaturepet.com. We'll get some treats for your dog treats. It's the best place to do it. So go wildnaturepet.com, rightsellin.com. Same discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Snacks for you. Snacks for your dogs. Yes, Jimmy, dogs. back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Here on BGN Radio, episode 188. Jimmy. So Namdi was your number seven, right? Yeah. Okay, so my number yeah, we gotta, seven. We got to get through this or else we're not going to get yeah, to yeah. any other questions. <laughs> right. My number seven is, but this is such a good question now. So It is a really good question. <laughs> I knew we were going to spend a lot of time on this one, but uh, uh, my number seven is David Mulk. Do you remember him? I do, yes. <laughs> he wrote a book about how much he hated football and like how like other players around the league hate football. And he wrote it under the uh, pseudonym... Johnny Anonymous. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. I wrote an article. I think I was like one of the people that kind of like helped. I mean, I think Reddit kind of had like some clues on it. Yeah. But then I further put together like some other things that we had seen, like and ID'd him as the guy. Yeah, it was pretty it was clear like him. he was the one. Yeah. 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 So uh, he uh, he for somebody that like not only didn't like football, like they. I mean, that's what like they taught these coaches and scouts. They always talk about like. I hate when they say loves ball, but you know, like they want players that, that, that want to actually want to play football. And he was uh, the epitome of a player who did not love ball. In uh, <laughs> that, he wrote a book saying how much he hated it. But also, do you remember his best moment as an Eagle when like the Eagles got beat by I forget who it was, but like he was thrilled because he got into the game and he was like jacked up and he was so excited because he got to play <laughs> even though they lost. Like <laughs> it was so funny. All right, your number six. My number six is DeMarco Murray. And, okay. uh, I mean, he slid, he sucked, he dogged it. Malcolm Jenkins had one of the best training camp moments he of all time awesome. where Malcolm Jenkins ran over to the player's tent, uh, player's family tent where they, you know, like the player's families were. And he pulled out a chair, folding chair and put it like kind of near or like under DeMarco Murray DeMarco was practicing that day too. He wasn't practicing most of training camp. Yeah. yeah at that point. And, uh, yeah. So. If Malcolm Jenkins is calling Malcolm, you out in front of everyone. He disrupted practice to do that. Malcolm Jenkins disrupted practice. He ran yeah. off the field, grabbed yeah. a chair and put it by DeMarco saying like, oh, uh-huh. no, no, no. cause DeMarco was standing. He's like, well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to play, you may as yeah. well at least be comfortable and sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm was so good. Malcolm was awesome. Yeah. He should be here still. All right. Uh, that's a good one. I had him. He was number three on my list. He was also just a total jerk too. Like he was, yeah. he was a real, he was like a top three jerk on this list as well. Um, all right. So the slide mine... was terrible. That was like one of the worst things I've ever <laughs> yes. seen in football. Hey, Charlie, Charlie's hey, on the screen is. here on video. <laughs> Listeners can't see it. Uh, what's, what did you have next to me? My number six is Alex Henry. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, he just, he was bad. And, um, when things didn't go well, he cratered. Like he, uh, he just really couldn't handle the pressure of, uh, kicking in the NFL. And, um, 
when it was all said and done, he had like one fan <laughs> that was left. Oh yeah, that would defend him. Like he he would defend that guy to the death. Uh, but I think he's unanimously uh, otherwise. Uh, Alex Henry would was uh, people were glad when he was gone. Um, I've Jalen Rager number five. Uh, maybe not the most popular pick for some people, but I mean. He's kind of been moping. We've seen that before. <laughs> he moping. would run out of bounds for no reasons at times last year. The agent birthday wish thing is something I can't get out of my head. Like people are like, oh, that doesn't matter. I mean, it kind of doesn't, but at the same time, I can't think about how Jalen Rager. Left I'm not the even game sure early. what you mean by that. So I'm guessing the listen, some a lot of the listeners don't either. What are you talking about? The agent birthday? Yeah. So I, I'm going to get into it. Um, so last okay. year during week 17, I guess this this year. Anyway, week 17. Jalen Rager like has to leave the game early against Washington, and during the game, he retweets his agent's birthday wishes to him, which had been like three days ago. At oh, that like point. from the locker room? Yeah, from the <laughs> locker room while the team was still playing. And I was just like, "Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is going on?" Yeah, that's like not good. It's just like everything. And I was gonna read you a description of Michael Kiss like concerns about Rager before. Last like prior to the uh, draft, yeah, prior to the before he was even drafted by the Eagles, and I was gonna say like I was kind of try to set it up to like where like did this come from last year? Like when did you think this happened? Like he was basically the same like all the concerns that Kiss had about him like we saw last year, so uh, concerning, and thus he is on my list. And kind of honestly, like Rager is kind of the one who kind of made me like come up with this term, like this BLE. Like that's that's kind of like where it incepted. It was like just the the attitude I saw from him, and I hope it changes. I hope he kind of develops into you know BWE, obviously. But for now, he's on the BLE list. All right, uh, I don't have him on my list. Or probably he probably wouldn't be in my top twenty, <laughs> but that's okay. My uh, number five is Doriel Green Beckham. Uh, of course, the wide receiver the Eagles yeah. traded Dennis Kelly for during the 2016 season, I think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he stunk, dude. Like, And the one moment that really stood out to me was it was a game against the Lions. And he was – they threw him a fade. And he was being covered by – I believe the guy's name was Nevin Lawson, yeah. who was like a 5'8", maybe, cornerback. Like so, he had like nine inches on this dude, and this Nevin Lawson guy just outfought him for the ball. And um, you know, during the you know next week of uh, you know coach interviews, Frank Reich was like, "Yeah, we expect uh, our receivers to make that play." You know, if it's not a hundred percent of the time, then like ninety nine percent of the time. So like that 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 play just sort of epitomized uh, who DGB was to me. Like he just. Um, he, he just was, he was like, again, like should have been like a super talented guy for his, he's basically like profile similar to like DK Metcalf in terms mm-hmm. of size and speed and all that kind of stuff, but just didn't have it. And uh, he, he was bad here and he was bad when he played for Tennessee. Yeah. I remember there was something coming out like after that season that he was kind of like uh, partying a lot or whatever. And certainly wasn't like most the dedicated player, the most dedicated player to football. I think he also got arrested uh, after getting cut by the Eagles or whatever. And he that never could been... be. Yeah, that sounds right. He had and, and before, like he, he was, he was a, he was a draft uh, red flag guy too. Yeah. So like every year, like I look at like every incompletion on the season and I have sort of a drop tally and he had the, I think he had like, his drop percentage was like 25% that 2016 season. 
like he had like he had double digit drops for sure. Like he it was it's but it's in in all the years I've been doing it, like he was the he's the worst. Um, he had the worst season in terms of drops that one year. He also did the thing with the Yeezy shoes, like the Yeezy Foundation, <laughs> when like players were right. allowed to wear like cleats. Yeah, my, for, my cleats, my cause. For yeah, for charities, and he chose a made up one, so he could <laughs> yeah. wear. He wanted Kanye to wear Yeezy shoes. They, they, they. He's normally not allowed to wear those, so he wanted to wear them, and he said it's for the Yeezy Foundation. Uh huh. So <laughs> I think uh, Elliot. Uh, because Elliot's a big Yeezy fan, and I think he noticed that he had the Yeezy cleats, so he asked about them, mm. and uh, wound up like he got fined as a result of that. Green Beckham did, um, yeah, because Elliot interviewed about him. Because I think this is the, this is the story anyway. Because Elliot likes Yeezys, and <laughs> like if if Elliot didn't exist, he probably wouldn't have gotten fined because he would have never gotten asked about him. Um, go ahead. I oh sorry, there's some lag here. So no, if you're okay. listening to this back on the replay, um, uh. Carson Wentz already at number four. I told you about that. Danny Watkins at number three, Jimmy. I have Danny Watkins at number four. I originally had him one when I made my list, but I knocked him down to four. The way you put it in the text thread that we have was con man. And it's true. He didn't care about football. He literally just did not care about football. Like he just wanted to get drafted, I guess, and like sign that original contract and make some money. Yep. And he didn't really want to be a football player. Like he, like very clearly he was like doing firefighting, like just didn't care about football, which I guess is fine. Like you don't, no one, not, not everyone has to care about football, but like, don't try to convince an organization that you do. If you really don't like, he was a comment. He convinced everyone not from like the team to the fans to ever like, he was like this, you know, like this blue collar firefighter and he was going to come in and he was going to like, you know, he's going to like mix it up in the trenches and he just stunk. And, and it was clear why, because he didn't want to play football. And uh yeah, I mean, I remember somebody, somebody wrote an article about him years after, uh you know, he was out of the league about like, um you know, his, his, you know, the end, his end days in football and, you know, in his career throughout football. It was a very positive spin on him as a person. And I like, it made me mad reading this article. I thought it was terrible, frankly, because he was a con man. Like he, he didn't want to play football and he stole money from the, from the organization and, and kind of like, as a, like also kind of stole from the fans and that, um, you know, they used a first round pick on him and they could have maybe gotten somebody else that was better that actually did want to play and could have helped the team. And he was total, total waste. And he also held out too, by the way, at a training yeah. camp that first year. And that mm-hmm. of course was the, uh, the dream team year. When, um, uh, you know, they, they basically drafted him because he was in need. Um, that was part, big reason. Like they, they had a hold guard. So they drafted a guard and, uh, cause it was the reverse. Like the draft happened before free agency did. So mm-hmm. normally you'd fill holes in free agency and then, uh, draft for, well, you know, long-term success in the draft. So the Eagles kind of did the opposite of that. <laughs> Not the, I guess they, they, it was all needs across the board, but, uh, they, they, so they drafted a need in Watkins and a need in Jaquan Jarrett and, uh, just a total disaster of a draft, but, and he's the epitome of that. Who's next on your list? So I have number, well, he was my number four. So I'll just go to my number three. Oh, we already talked about DeMarco Murray. Number two on my list is Jason Babin, who was the biggest, uh, douchebag that I have ever covered uh, in the NFL. <laughs> just a total douche. Hated him. Hated his guts. Just a like just the worst person to actually have to talk to. Hated him. <laughs> hate him. Like the the player I hate most that I've ever covered in the 10 years in my in the NFL. 
I have him number one on the list. <laughs> okay. In part, just for you. I didn't cover him. Obviously, I wasn't around at the time. But uh, probably just, you know, knowing what I know about him through you. And then also just who he was as a player. Like, he didn't care about yes. helping the team win. He cared about boosting Sacks. his stats. Like, yes. that's all he cared about. Which, you know, like, he wants to get paid. That's a choice for him. But, like, it also lands you on this list if you're not going to, like, play the run at all. And people are – I just remember that, like, so vividly. Like, didn't give an F – about playing the run just like let people go by him all he cared about was getting to the quarterback and it's it's very and they blame the wide nine at the time but no it was him it was jason babin it was him and it's very disgusting that he holds like the record or whatever he does (laughs) i think he had like 19 sacks one year yeah it's like 18 and a half or whatever it's just like so so such a fake yes number for sure uh so i have him number one okay uh did you do you have any guys left over I have there's, there's one Cooper. guy. There's one guy. He's number one on my list. Yeah, Riley Cooper. What was he number, number two for you? I don't even need to explain why. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean the racist stuff, of of course. Um, but even beyond that, like even if that never happened, like he had, he took no accountability for his poor play at times too. Like the drop. The, 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 the th- yeah, I mean the the play that always sticks out in my mind from his career, his actual career, was the drop in the uh, New Orleans Saints playoff game in what was that 2013. January 2014. Um, he was running across the middle and like, wh- I mean, nothing between him and the end zone. No, nowhere, nobody anywhere near him and balls right in his hands, drops it, asked about it in the locker room after the game. Didn't want to talk about it. All he wanted to talk about was like some other decent play that he made during the <laughs> game. And nobody gave a excuse me, about, like, that play. Like, everyone just wanted to talk, like, nobody nobody wants to hear anything else other than that drop. And, he like, he was just being such a jerk in the locker room after that game. But uh, that play was uh, was devastating. Like, they might win that game. They might win that playoff game if, if he makes that play. Um, I mean, the, the game was close, right? So like, I don't I mean, know if it, that was a touchdown. I think people ever said that was an automatic touchdown. I don't know if that's true. I'd have to go I'm, back and look at it. I mean, he was a playmaker for the better part of that year. I think he probably would have gotten in. But, I mean, there was nobody anywhere near. At a minimum, like they, they, that's like a sixty-yard gain. Because sure. it, it, it was like that. it was like fifteen, twenty yards down the field. I think that the actual like drop. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but also, obviously, the uh, the racist video, and uh, I've heard some other stuff about him as well that uh, I won't get into here. But yeah, uh, just a, a terrible person, through and through. <laughs> The one thing so, I will say one 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 thing that I did enjoy about him, um, and this is really this is more negative toward him again. Was he used to love he used to love talking about how like he could play in the major leagues as a as a center fielder. Like he said, like you could just parachute me into center field and I'd be like a top five defensive center fielder from day one. Like hitting might take some time to for, for me to get back up to speed or whatever. But like right now, I'm I'm like a top five center fielder defensively, and. um I knew like he would say that anytime, like he loved talking about that. So like one of the things that I like to do during training camp, like it's, I would try to see how many different reporters I could get to write about that. So like if there was a scrum around him, I'd ask him, so I asked him some baseball question and I knew that every single time I asked him a baseball question, he was going to talk about how like he's this great center fielder and I'd, I'd see how many different reporters I could get to write about that. So, uh, it was it was just so predictable in terms of you know the way he was going to answer some some questions and how he, like he he like Riley Cooper loved himself some Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper once drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies, Jimmy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, fourteenth round, something like that. Something like that. Um, why don't we take another break here and then we'll get 
into all the other questions, kind of maybe <laughs> lightning style, because we have a lot to get to. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, here to answer your mailbag questions, besides the first one that we answered and took a long time on. Jimmy, <laughs> what do we 25 have? 25 minutes. All right, yeah. this question from Tawana. Uh, Eagles have two quarterbacks on their active roster uh, weeks before camp. What gives the position they value the most? And they only have two guys, second round pick that they aren't sure of and a costly aging vet. Does this seem fishy to you guys? And who do you think might be brought in? I mean, it is weird. It's not, I mean, they're going to bring someone in. You're not only going to have two quarterbacks for training yeah. camp. Sometimes you have four or five, like you at least have three. So it is fishy in that sense. Is it fishy in that? Like, I think they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson imminently. No, because um, obviously there's stuff to be resolved there. Um, so I don't know what, what we mean by fishy, but uh, I mean, they're going to add someone. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not going to go into They're not going to only have two quarterbacks in camp. So whether they add just somebody that's competent enough to be able to get you through practice or if they actually sign a player that they think can make the roster, um, we'll see. But they're, they're not going to go into camp with just two quarterbacks. And that leads us into our next question from Michael Gelbert, who asks, would you think a Gardner Minshew for a Zach Ertz trade makes sense at all? Um, yes, in the sense that if you're getting something for Zach Ertz, then sure. But I don't really know what Gardner Minshew being here changes the equation. Like, I if I would want Gardner Minshew if I'm like the Steelers and like I'm this team with an aging quarterback and like I kind of need something like to kind of have some kind of potential future option or at slash high quality backup now. But like, I don't really understand how he fits with the Eagles. Like, I don't think there's any hope that he can realistically be your quarterback of the future. Um, can he be a cheap backup? Sure, but like I don't know. I don't know what that accomplishes. What about you? Um, yeah. So like I don't like I'm, I'm on record over and over again saying that they're not you know they're not going to get much if anything for Zach Ertz and uh, the appeal of Minshew is that and by the way this is something that like was brought up by uh, Greg Richards on Twitter he hypothesized that Ertz for Minshew might make some sense. Um, but the appeal is exactly what you just said a minute ago is he's cheap. So he's a cheap backup. He's going to make, you know, less than a million this year. He's scheduled to make less than a million next year, but he'll get one of those player performance exceptions or whatever they're called. So that'll bump him up over 2 million, still yeah. very cheap for a backup. So, you know, they'd be set for their backup position in 2022 and, you know, Flacco will be gone, of course. So I think, I think it does make sense. Like, he Minshew is worth to me something like a you know like a sixth seventh round pick, and that's about what I would accept for Zach Ertz right now anyway. <laughs> so yeah, why not? I think it's fine. Like if they were to make a deal like that, I think it 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 would make some sense. Not going to be uh, an impact move by any stretch, but uh, I I do think it makes sense. So next the question: Eagles employee former. Well, they, I was going to say the Eagles employ former Jags GM who drafted Gardner Minshew, Dave Caldwell. Yeah. So there is also so, that connection. Uh, question from Danny. Uh, Ertz is going to stay, isn't he? No. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Next. How? <laughs> no, he's not. I with you too. Like, he's not. I like, mean, they can, they can save a decent a chunk of money, um, you know, now, and they're going to do that. And he doesn't want to be here and, I don't think the Eagles really want him back at this point. So, uh, no, he's not at that be. number, especially. Of course, yeah. If, if yeah. Zach Ertz re renegotiated his contract to like really cheap, then sure, they would like to keep him, but he's not going to do that. Right, right. All right, so let's just move on. Question from Skeletor, excuse me, Skeletor P. Funk. Yeah. <laughs> 
What were your impressions from the position coach interviews? I thought they were all pretty encouraging. It always seemed to me that Doug wasn't great at hiring his staff, parentheses, looking at you, Carson Walsh, but this this staff seems really with it to me. I'll disagree with the point that um, he wasn't great at hiring his staff. The first staff anyway, which I guess he didn't really hire, <laughs> like the, the majority of those guys, maybe. So, uh, maybe he wasn't maybe, good at okay, maintaining so, a staff. Yes, right. He wasn't, he wasn't good at, you know, cutting bait on guys that, you know, I guess he became friendly with or whatever over the years. And Carson Walsh being an example and Mike Grow, of course, um, who was forced out against his will. But, um, yeah. So what were your, what were your takeaways from, from those positional coach guys? Yeah. I get what the questioner is saying here. I think pretty much everyone. For the most part, it was pretty well spoken and thoughtful. Yep. Um, gave, you know, like good answers, not just trying to get by, um, like, you know, took the time to actually think about the question, which is nice. And that doesn't mean they're good coaches, though. And a lot of these guys are inexperienced. And that doesn't, that also doesn't mean they're good coaches. But like, you know, it's one thing to be well spoken. I thought, look, here, I'll give you an example. Billy Davis, I thought he was like one of the best. I think yes. to this day still is like one of the best like coaches you'll ever hear. Yeah. And I also don't think he's as bad as a defensive coordinator as people say. He clearly wasn't good. I right. will say that. But like I don't think he was like this like this total joke. But that's a whole different topic because of Chip Kelly and his system and the pressure he puts on his defenses by running the offense at such a high pace. But anyway, that's not the point. Point is that it doesn't necessarily matter how well-spoken is someone. Like, that doesn't mean they're a good coach. I think, again, to hear encouraging things is nice, but I don't like take major takeaways out of that. That's just like, oh, okay, it seems like there's some interesting guys here. Maybe they could be a good coaching staff. Very young, obviously. The, the staff is like super young. I've been meaning to take a look at their staff compared to the rest of the league. I assume they're the youngest staff uh, in the NFL. Um, but like, like you mentioned, just because you're a good interviewer doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. And conversely, just because Nick Sirianni was not good in his initial interviews doesn't mean he's going to be a bad coach. So sure. it kind of works both ways. But I think it is, you know, uh, at least encouraging that these guys did seem to, you know, yeah. um, it, you know, they, they could communicate well, which should translate sure. to them being able to communicate well with their players. So uh, I think it's fine, but wouldn't mm -hmm. make too much of it. All right. Question from Coach T. Is Travis Fogum a lock to make the team? I've been thinking about this because I think that's a I think that's a fair question. I think the answer is yes, but like if we're saying like a hundred percent chance and like there's not even a one percent chance he could get I think there's a one percent chance he that's could fair. get cut. Yeah. I think there's a scenario where he kinda comes into training camp, he kinda acts like he's made it already or he's gonna be handed something and it's kind of like not quite on the DGB level, but, you know, kind of like just doesn't, you know, really give it his all. And they're kind of, you know, the concerns that we saw where he lost playing time last year, like those can kind of continue to manifest. And uh, I don't think that's likely, but I think that like scenario exists. So if you're going to say lock from that standpoint, I would say no. But is he, am I pretty confident he's going to be on the team? Yeah, I'd say there's like a 99% chance. Aaron Moore had hinted uh, during his interview that um, practice habits were a problem last year. Like, mm -hmm. um, he he was he got asked if out you know Alshon Jeffrey taking snaps away from him stunted his growth and he said no I don't think it stunted his growth but um, I think what it maybe did was sort of hammer home the, the point that if you don't practice hard you know day in day out then somebody else can take your job and he added something to the effect of like I think um, he started to learn that lesson last year and I think and I hope that that you know whole whole somebody's Butters is sneezing up a storm over over here. I don't know if you can hear that or not. I can. I was uh, wondering if that was. Bless you, <laughs> Butters. It's Butters sneezing. Uh, God bless you, buddy. Now he's licking his paws. Anyway, uh, 
uh, and he, he said he hopes that that lesson will carry over into 2021. So I think that was a strong hint that like he lost playing yeah. time last year because he wasn't practicing hard. Yeah, and I would like to see Travis Fulgham as one of the Eagles' top three receivers, as you wrote about to me. I think he's one of the, ta- the top three ta- in terms of talent level. I think he's yeah. clearly top three along with Devontae Smith is worlds above everybody else and Jalen Rager. Yeah, I would say, yeah, Rager, or in order, Devontae Smith, uh, Rager, and then Travis Fulgham should be your top three. And then I think Greg Ward warrants playing time in the slot, Yeah, but not like, should not be starting quote unquote in the slot. Like he should not be playing like a majority of the snaps. He should probably be playing like, I don't know, like what, 40%, 50% somewhere around there. If that. Yeah. Yeah. So Fulgham for me, like he played everywhere last year. So he played, um, outside, he played inside. They used him, like they put him in motion. They did a lot of different things with him. But I think like uh, what he, where he makes sense for me, I mean, his, his fit on the outside is obvious because he's a big target. So like that, fine, whatever. But like in the slot, the Steelers game in particular was sort of eye opening in that um, he was going up against, uh, forgetting the guy's name, the the slot corner for them, Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton is like is like a five nine guy, and he just couldn't handle him. Like he just couldn't cover him. They just and kept he's throwing, a good slot corner too. Yeah, and they just kept throwing high to Fulgham, and there's nothing that. Uh, Hilton could do about it. Even Steven Nelson struggled covering um, Travis Fulgham because there's a, <gasps> a, a there's a height difference there. And um, you know, I think that like during Travis Fulgham's you know five game stretch, he was everything that they hoped JJ Ortega Whiteside was going to be. And then obviously, as yeah. we saw, um, he went from one of the you know really the positive story of the Eagles season uh, to a guy that just went totally quiet. Like I think he had. Off the top of my head, I want to say it was like after that five game stretch, the rest of the season after their bye, which was eight games, I think he had nine catches for 102 yards and no touchdowns. So like that, he was averaging like a catch a game for like 10 yards during the back half of the season. So um, yeah, whatever happened um, that second half of the season, um, you know, there, there's a challenge for him and, and for the coaching staff to get him back to where he was. I remember he did flash a little bit in that Cardinals game again, though. Like he made like a big catch, I think, with like the game on the line. Yeah, right when they were down. when they were scrambling to uh, to yeah. to score at the end of that game. So prior to their their back to back hail marys from the thirty yard line, <laughs> not great. <laughs> Which is um, a, hi- a highlight of the season for me, entertainment wise. What else do we have? All right, question from uh, Jeff Foot, uh, and this is. Um, on the topic of Travis Fulgham, sort of, uh, and any indication or idea of where Alshon Jeffrey might end up? And let me change that question a little bit for you. Will I'll just change it to this: Will Alshon Jeffrey play on a team in 2021? Is somebody going to sign play him? At snaps? All? Yeah. So is somebody going to sign him? And will he play in a regular season game? Yeah. Will somebody sign him? And will he play for somebody this year? Will he actually get into <sighs> games and contribute? I'm- I'm a little surprised he isn't signed anywhere just based on name recognition alone. And mm-hmm. I feel like a team would just sign him because, I don't know, like you could be like, I don't know other teams' rosters as in- intimately, obviously, but I'm thinking in my mind, like maybe like everyone needs do. receivers. I mean, yeah. every team has, you know, five, at least five receivers and usually six and sometimes seven. So there's plenty of room for any receiver to latch on to somebody. Maybe like the Jets, if Joe Douglas really likes him. And I don't know. I. I feel like almost no, just because he seemed like so toast last year. Um, he just seems kind of toast at this point in his career. So, and it, it is weird how he isn't signed at all to this point. Like, you know, it's pretty late in the process. So, I'm gonna say no. 
I guess part of the equation is what's he going to be willing to play for. So, right. you know, is he willing to play for a veteran minimum contract? And yeah. the answer might be no. So, And he doesn't help you on special teams. So, like, yeah. you know. I think somebody will sign him. I don't think he's going to okay. play. In, I don't think he's going to play in a regular season game. I could see. Yeah, I could see someone signing him. But I don't. I'm going to say no on the snaps. All right. Question from Dr. Seuss. 1182 uh, he asks i thought jamie newman was the truth and now mm. he's gone where oh where did eagles twitter lead me wrong i mean i so it's funny to me i talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago before a podcast where i saw that you know dave Zingaro put out like yeah. yeah the signing boost and jamie newman had none and i was like that's really weird because <laughs> yeah. usually even like bad players get something and for him to be a quarterback and one that a lot of people thought were draftable at least should have been time. drafted yeah a lot of people i did too like it's just really perplexing to me so um but he, he you know, must have been terrible in otas yeah i mean tommy lawler i believe right had said like he didn't look good in a senior, senior bowl. bowl yeah and then i'm guessing that carried over to here and uh you know we didn't really get to see much of him i didn't think he looked horrible from what little i saw of him but i we saw so little that it's hard to really make much of it yeah, and the other, uh, in, in addition to Newman, like the the other popular undrafted um, signing free agent, uh, Trayvon Grimes, also released yeah. with an injury settlement, I think. Um, he was waived with an injury designation and then okay. cleared waivers, and now he's on injured reserve. Got it. So, yeah, like the two <laughs> UDFAs that the fans were most excited about, uh, no longer on the team, sort of. Well. I guess Grimes is kind of on the team, but not really. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Question from Lonely Guyland. <laughs> What's Kenny Gainwell's ceiling? Could he be the primary back if Sanders went down or just fell off a cliff? He cannot be the primary back. I think it's important to remember that Kenny Gainwell is like 5'8", 200 pounds. Like that's not really your prototypical like 20 carry a game kind of guy. I mean, he can probably step up a game or two. He's not pump though. Like the aforementioned Donnell Pumphrey, like Pumphrey was just tiny. Yeah. At least Gainwell has like a little bit of heft to him. Yeah. You're still talking about like 13, but I'm with you. He's he's not going to be a workhorse. I'm with you there. Yeah. So I don't think he's your number one. If Miles Sanders goes down over an extended stretch, I don't, I don't see that. I think uh, it's interesting. This, I don't know how much Kenny Gainwell is really going to play in year one, right? Like, I mean, Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of playing time. Boston Scott is still here. And I think Carrion could have a role. So I don't really mm-hmm. even know how much. I, I think Gainwell could contribute. But I think, I wonder if like we're almost having unrealistic expectations for him year one. I think he might have a role. But I don't know. I think there's three backs ahead of him right now. I think it's a disappointment if he doesn't overtake Boston Scott as the um, sort of the primary, quote unquote, third down back. Um at some point, at least during the season, I think that's a, a a medium bar that he should clear if he's going to be anything in the NFL. Is I think fair? that's fair, but I also think that you know, I just think you have to kind of caution with rookies sometimes. Like I think we think they're going to have bigger roles than they usually do. They look at Kayvon Wallace last year. A lot of people yeah. thought he, was, including you, Jimmy, a lot of people thought like he was going to play a lot, and then he didn't. And right. that's not to say that's always the right decision, but it's just like what it is. Like coaches, typically, I don't think. They're not just going to blindly trust rookies always. You know, there's exceptions. And I think Devontae Smith is certainly one of those exceptions. But I don't think Gainwell is going to have this huge role in year one. Okay. Uh, question from Tame Currents, 1990. Uh, how do you feel about the renewed Andre Dillard offseason talk? Do we trust Jeff Statlin's assessment that Dillard looks more invested? I think 
I touched on this last week, but like I just remember the same kind of vibe being said about JJ Ortega Whiteside in training camp last year. So I would hold off on this idea that like he has totally turned a corner and he's going to be great now. I think what we've heard is encouraging. It's all the right things, but that's that doesn't mean anything if he's going to go out there and have another bad training camp. And we'll get to see him in training camp and we'll see how he does. And if he's looking better, then I'll change my tune on that and I'll have more optimism about him. But until I see that, I'm not going to assume he is just like this better player all of a sudden. I think it's a major problem that that question's even asked and answered in a way in which it's, you know, like sort of just a given that he wasn't fully invested, you know, you know what I mean? So like, I think that, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, like that this about face even has to kind of happen is, Mm -hmm. uh, is a problem. And I, you know, from personally, like, I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe anything until I actually see it. Words are totally meaningless to me. Like, let's see it on the field. And, uh, and, and then, you know, I'll maybe give it some credence, but until then, like words are totally meaningless to me. And if he has a great training camp to me, I'll be the first one to say it. Yep. Like, you know, if sure. he's looking great, like we're not, it's not like, oh, we're just being hard on him. Like no matter what he does, <laughs> right. like, he, no, that's not the case. Like if he looks great, I'll tell you. If he doesn't, then I'm going to tell you that. Uh, on that note, who's winning this question from Mark Rivera, who's winning that job, Dillard or Jordan Mailata and who should win the job? Dillard or Mylotta? I think it's Mylotta to both. Yeah, me too. Uh, he's just a better player right now. We've been through this uh, plenty. But uh, anyway, moving on. Question from Craig V. Uh, which Eagles draft pick was more forgettable, Randall Evans or Alex McAllister? This is sort of a random question. Uh, I'll change that question to who's the most forgettable pick over the last decade? Do you have one of mine? I cheated a little bit on this because I looked already. <laughs> I'd like All the right, last decade. It. Brandon Washington. Do you remember him? Sixth round, 2010 or 11. Very good. 2011, I think it was. Um, he went to the Rams. But you're right. Sixth, he was on the sixth round is correct, and he was a guard. Yeah, that is that is a pretty forgettable one. Um, Randall Evans is pretty good, too. For what Randall like. Evans, former Uber driver in Philly. Okay. Like that makes him more that, memorable uh, than Brandon Washington. Yeah, like I can't. Um, I feel like there has to be like a defensive tackle that I'm not remembering. Like Jeremy Evans, or that's not the name. Um, There's a David player. King who didn't make the team, and he actually played in the league for like three or four years. I think David King won a Super Bowl, or at least he played in oh, the Super Bowl okay. with uh, the Seahawks or something, or, or that could be. Chiefs or something, something at one point. Um, what about Joe Kruger? Remember Krugs. Joe Kruger? <laughs> yeah, Chip yeah. was calling him Krugs, and then. Uh, Late in camp, he went from Krugs to back to Kruger, and uh, we we're like, "Uh oh, that's bad. that's bad for Krugs." And sure enough, Krugs got mm. cut. You don't want to lose your nickname. I could also go. Same thing happened to no, Barks. Not good. Barks went from yeah. Barks to Barkley, and we knew that his Matt time Barkley. was yeah. short. Yeah. Uh. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, on that, actually, on that Barks note, that's the next question. Question from GMD. One one two eight four. Jimmy, which rag armed third string quarterback um wanted to beat you up more? Oh, excuse me. Which which rag armed third string quarterback Matt specifically Matt wanted to beat you up more? <laughs> uh Matt Barkley or Matt McGloin? Uh McGloin Matt Barkley. Well, for sure it was Barkley. Yeah, Barkley hated me. Um McGloin it was he didn't have an issue with me that I'm aware yeah. of. It was his brother that uh mm-hmm. did not like that um Ruben Frank and I were sort of busting on 
McGloin during, uh, you know, just I think it was the final preseason game. It, uh, it was in Philly. I think they were playing the Jets and that, you know, their typical last preseason opponent. We were just kind of busting on him during that game. And his brother uh, found me in the concourse and was screaming at me and <laughs> before going back and forth with me on Twitter all night too. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, it would be Barkley. Barkley did. Barkley himself had a problem with me as opposed yeah. to McGloy and the actual player. I have a question for you on this note. Um, yes. I think my feuds with players are um, well documented. Uh, I'm unsure of the feuds that you've had with players. Mm. You mentioned Sidney Jones direct messaging you. Yeah. What other, what other players had problems with you over over the years? I don't think I've ever been anything in person so much. Um, I'm very non-confrontational, Jimmy. Uh, well, that doesn't matter. It's, you, you just be, write something about somebody and then they take like a big true. issue with it. Um, yeah, there's been some of that over the years. I think over the years, I think of like trade rumor stuff that I've written about and like players can get upset about that and they'll okay. like quote tweet it or, or be like, you know, this is fake or whatever. And then <laughs> so there's been some of that. Like Darren Sproles, I think, got mad one time. Hunter Cox blocked me after I wrote an article, I think, about – I used to do this article every year. This is early like BGN because Jason B used to do this, like the most bizarre tweeter award. Okay. <laughs> and I'd give it to people who just had like really weird tweets. So I wrote that about Fletcher Cox, Cox once because he kind of had like some strange ones. And uh, I think he blocked me after that, so sure. I don't think right. he liked that too much. Okay. Um, so there's that. There is uh, Carson Wentz kind of getting snippy at me last year when oh, during I yeah, brought up how him? many fumbles he had. <laughs> I was like, right. Carson, you have like you know 50 whatever fumbles in 60 games now. <laughs> I was like, are you aware of that number? And like you know, like how are we supposed to believe this is ever supposed to get fixed or whatever? Like what what gives yeah. you the reason to believe that's going? to And he was like, well, I guess I'm aware of that number now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Two more questions. Uh, we'll close this out. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We have three more questions. What was the, we, I missed one. You had a question from Euler as a pimp. What was that question? That was, who's going to lead who, the team in interceptions? Yeah. And two? is it going to be more than <laughs> two? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Darius Slay, um, quote unquote, quote unquote, big play Slay, um, one interception last year in garbage time against uh, the Dallas Cowboys last year. Um, so he'd be the obvious answer, but we didn't really see much of that from him in 2020. Um, I mean, there really aren't. I, I, Anthony Harris led the league in interceptions in, yeah. what was that, 2019 mm -hmm. uh, from the safety position. So I'd go yeah. with him. I think, uh, you know, maybe – there are some overthrows or something that he can uh, take advantage of, but he would be my guess, Anthony Harris. With what and I'll, I'll even name the number of picks. I'll say he leads the team with three interceptions. I will say Avante Maddox has four. Okay, <laughs> a ridiculously uh, and not well placed Avante Maddox bold prediction. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, next question to me. Question from Anthony Mingioni. Favorite Rita's water ice flavor during training camp. Uh, he thinks pear. I guess he was he, he attended. I, he thinks pear was pretty close to MVP level. I'll make the the quick correction here. It wasn't pear. It was juicy pear to be more specific. Yes. So there was juicy pear. There was uh, mango. There was was it cherry? Was cherry one of them? Oh, was Swedish it was blue fish. raspberry? Swedish fish. That's what it was. And was there like a raspberry one? What was the blue uh, there was one? a blue. 
like a is that blueberry raspberry? or blue raspberry. Jimmy, a little raspberry. peek behind the curtain here. I think I've said this before, but I knew someone who worked at Rita's, and the blue raspberry is just exactly literally the same as the blueberry, except with no blueberries <laughs> in it. It's the same ice. No difference. Okay. Uh, so my pick, I don't, I'm not even like a mango guy, but the mango water ice is fantastic. And again, like not my first choice of a flavor, but I think mango is uh, is uh, head and shoulders above Juicy Pear. No offense to Anthony Mingione. My, I, juicy pear is trash. Sorry, but um, <laughs> my top three: uh, Swedish fish, number one, love okay. it. It's so great, so sweet. I love it. Well, this is a training camp specifically. If we're going Reedus flavors in general, Sour Patch Kids Red is my favorite flavor. I love it. It's so good. Um, it's not, they don't always have it though. Kind of a rare flavor. But anyway, uh, training camp only. I'm gonna go Swedish fish number one. I'm gonna go sour apple number two. They don't really have that a lot. They had it like one year, I think. So it's kind of even a little sketch that I'm putting in. Sour apple was good, actually. It's really good. And number three is that Eagles flavor. Uh, Remember that one? Also green, green but it was... uh, I think they called it. Yeah. I don't remember remember what flavor it was, but that was was okay. Apple and pear, I think. Like sour apple and pear or something. Like that one was... I like that one. That was good. That had an interesting flavor. Okay. I'm sticking with mango. And uh, finally from... The great Neil Dutton. Any plans for the dead zone until training camp? So training camp begins, I think, like, what is it, like July, July 28th? 27th. 27th. Um, so a little later than normal. We get a little more summer to enjoy. Uh, you got any mm. plans for the summer, Brandon? I'm shipping up to Boston, Jimmy. Uh, if anyone has any recommendations, you can tweet me. at Brandon driving Yellen. up? You can email me. Uh, I am taking a flight. Okay. I am available on email, brandon.gouton at sbnation.com. You can email me if you have any Boston food or activity recommendations. I'm taking them all. So uh, I'm trying to, you know, like compile a bunch basically, kind of sort through recommendations from different people. But yeah, yeah, I've been to Boston before. So it's not a first time. It's actually kind of an interesting story where the people who were originally like going to Boston, who wanted to go to Boston, had to drop out. So now I'm going to Boston with my friends, but neither of us like planned to go there. But we're still going because everything was booked and we couldn't like get out of it. So uh, it still should be fun. Okay, I have actually some recommendations on the drive up. So this isn't necessarily for you, but for the listeners maybe. But uh, if you're ever driving okay. to uh, Massachusetts or Rhode Island or New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, whatever, um, when you first get into Connecticut, uh, in Stamford, I used to live in Stamford, Connecticut for like a year. There's a place called Colony Pizza, hmm. and it's a little dank, like hole in the wall type of bar, and they have bar pies, and the pizza there are like hmm. just phenomenally good. So it's I recommend like that. that- Oh, pizza stuff they have up there. A pizza. Like they have that style, the New Haven style pizza. Well, so there, there's the New Haven place, like the, like uh, uh, Don Pepe and yeah. Modern and a few others. So yeah. I would recommend going there too, I guess. But um, uh, Colony Pizza is like literally like a minute off of I-95. So it's, it's okay. like right on the way. You're not like, you know, going out of your way at all to, to stop there. And um, if you like hole-in-the-wall bars like, like I do – then like it's uh it's you know it's I stopped I I just went to a wedding up in Mystic Connecticut which is also okay. like an awesome yeah, little town there. um 
and stopped at Colony. My girlfriend and I stopped at Colony Pizza on the way, and Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and I stopped at, <laughs> at uh, Colony Pizza on the way. So that would be a recommendation. And then another place on the way, I don't know what town this is in Connecticut as well, but it's off of 95, and uh, it's called Chips, like family restaurant or something like that. And there's billboards for it all over the place, you know, up and down 95. And uh, they claim to have the best pancakes ever. So I was like, all right. Well, uh, I appreciate the uh, the uh, BS claims, and but because of their over advertising on ninety five, I did stop, and it actually it was awesome. Like their pancakes are like really really good. So if you ever go up in the morning, I'd recommend Chips Family Restaurant. So what's your so first of all, these recommendations don't help me at all. But again, <laughs> if you're listening, then maybe good for you. Uh, what's your what's your plans, Jimmy? Uh, I'm going to try to play some more sports this summer. Wow. I'm going to try to get out and, uh, golf a little bit more than I normally have, uh, over the years. I am definitely going to try to get out in the water, uh, more than I did last season. Go surfing. Surf's up. And, uh, uh, what else am I going to do? That's, those are the two main ones. More golf and more surfing for me this year. But no, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I like to save my, uh, go away vacation time for like february where i can escape horrible weather here and enjoyable weather elsewhere mm. but that's just although so, sometimes it is really horrible weather here though yeah. how hot it gets. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true too that's true uh, but it's like 95 and humid and uh i guess boston can get that way too but yeah, probably yeah, we'll like see. five to ten degrees cooler i want to go to the beach too i'm gonna to go back to the beach again probably lbi again too at some point but uh don't know yet when yet so if you're in lbi and you want an autograph. I will sign. <laughs> I don't think you want an autograph. But uh, anyway, if you see me, say hi. Um, Jimmy, any final thoughts? Uh, no, that's it. I think uh, just looking forward, actually, to the dead zone period of the offseason. It's like a rare time where – not a rare time, but uh, it it's our off season essentially. Like our real, like, quote-unquote, off, like not doing much – season so that'll be nice i do have the uh dumpster fire series coming up that is beginning on uh, looking at my calendar he's looking at his content creation calendar right uh, june 21st monday june 21st so what's today today is the tw- i gotta start getting moving on that that's only nine days away so i gotta start writing those up mm. uh cowboys on monday giants tuesday washington football team wednesday uh, then I'm gonna look around the rest of the the entire league. I think, as opposed to just the rest of the uh, NFC, for the boom roasted uh, segment, and then Friday, nice. of course, finish it off with the Eagles. Eagles are gonna be the, it's the gonna be the podcasting. Uh, what's the word like? We'll we'll wrap them up on a podcast episode too after they're all written. But this year, a so podcast, like. Uh, compliment is the word I'm looking for. What's the like? Uh, counterpart yeah whatever i'm looking for the yeah. word that like goes with that anyway we'll have a podcast to you know to, to, we'll go through the dumpster fire pieces but the so mm. what's funny too is like Companion i remember back in like what i'm looking for okay i remember back in 2017 like the eagles were really hard to do that year like the, the expectations of that team weren't super high like i think some people thought they could make the playoffs and um, you know, maybe compete for the for the NFC East or whatever. But I remember that year; like, it was hard to come up with a lot of good reasons uh, why they're going to be bad. And uh, that's when I started to think, all right, this team might be better than than like we think. This year, mm. just in starting to take a look at like <laughs> the warts of the team, it's going to be like 
uh, like I struggled getting to ten reasons they're going to be bad in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Like I could come up with like eighteen to twenty, no problem this year. So like I think just for I think what what that those dumpster fire pieces do for me anyway is they give me like a sense of like how really bad some of these teams are going to be. Like in previous years when the Giants were really bad, the like same thing. It was easy to come up with like you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen different reasons, uh, and you had to like get to like narrow it down. Like they get to like, like leave like really good reasons off. So uh, anyway, that's just a fun exercise every year. All right. So this has been BGN radio. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Check out our work at bootinggrenation.com, phillyvoice.com. Check out Right to Sell and Craft Turkey by going to righttosellin.com. You can discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Go get yourself some dog treats by going to wildnaturepet.com. Using the same discount code as before BGN15. For 15% off. What's up, Jimmy? No, I just did a woof woof when you're talking. Oh, about sorry. I thought you were going <laughs> to add something. Okay, very good ad. Um, that was actually Charlie who jumped in there. It wasn't even Jimmy. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, and Charlie is Jimmy's dog, if you didn't know. Uh, check out. BGN Radio by subscribing or following whatever the new terminology is for this iPhone update. That's what done. Uh, also, if you're going to leave a review, tell us how you found BGN Radio. Maybe it's recently. Maybe it's years ago. We want to know either way. So leave a review and then we will read it here on the show. And that'll be fun. And we will have more content coming your way, of course, on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, which you can also follow on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. And until then, goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.